0: Welcome to the Christian Coach Podcast, where our mission is to serve coaches through conversations so they can lead like Jesus. I'm Jen Limian and I'm joined by my co-host, Chad Simpson. Hey, Chad. Hey, Jen. Chad, today's guest has become a Twitter phenomenon and a great example for all coaches, especially Christian coaches out there.
1: Yeah, I, uh, if you have not seen this, this Twitter video yet, um, you guys got to go check it out. It was, uh, it was really impactful, very surprising, and over 1 million views. Um, and so we're just thrilled to, to have Coach on here uh, today.
0: Yeah, that, we, we invited uh, Coach Hines before he became a Twitter phenomenon. We want to make sure that that's clear. Um, but because we, we, you know, we've been following him on social media, and he puts out incredible um, you know, tweets and incredible information for Christian coaches to, to learn uh, from and, and be able to engage with him. Um, I think the, the video itself speaks volumes because it's kind of a catchy title and you'll be like, wow, what a heartless kind of guy, because he says a kid just came into my office and quit and I couldn't be happier. Um, but when you watch it, you, you, you understand the, you know, the, the reasoning behind him. And I think a lot of coaches are put in that situation and we have to have the, the, the students best interest in mind, instead of just looking at our team and be like, oh, how am I affected by this? And we had some situations, Chad, this past year with COVID where we had our, some of our players opt out, you know, because of family issues and things and, and mental health issues as well. And, and at first I was kind of like taken aback. It's like, Oh, don't you like, you know, don't you think about our team and our roster and how that impacts our season. But just a few moments later, you got to understand that if you're telling them that they're, they're a person, a human being first, then you can't put the team first. You know, you have to, to look at their needs.
1: For sure. Yeah, I think sometimes we're just so zoned in to our team, our job security, these things, and uh, we forget, you know, what might be best for the student or what's in the student's heart. But um, I think heading into this interview, I think uh, a lot of uh, listeners are going to be surprised at Coach Hines' day job. Um, I think hearing, hearing what he does uh, on top of uh, his high school football coaching and uh even he shares some of the trouble uh that he got in, in the past trouble with the the police and so i appreciate his his vulnerability and um and story there but uh coach we're we're ready to get into this episode right now
0: coach heinz thank you so much for waking up early there in california and uh and joining me on the christian coach podcast Our first question is always, what does it mean to you to be a Christian coach?
2: Well, first of all, thank you for having me. I I am truly honored and humbled uh, to be on with you. You know, to be a Christian coach for me is everything. It's, uh, I coach high school football and as much as I love the game of football, everything about it from the off-season training to the game planning to the games, it's about the people. And for me, you know, we spoke a little bit just a moment ago offline, you know, about our families, my wife and I have four children and we're blessed to have two grandsons. And I know raising my own four children that sometimes mom and dad will say the same thing that coach says, but because mom and dad are idiots, you know, in the child's eyes, sometimes uh, what the coach says holds a lot more weight. And for me being a Christian coach, it's an opportunity to empower more people than we could have ever imagined. And that, that, that's the word that in conversations and podcasts continues to resonate with me to, to empower not just my athletes, but their families. And, you know, so many times we have, I know as, as well as you, you do as well, private meetings with our players and families that have nothing to do with tennis or football, the sports we coach. It's about their personal walk. It's about their personal lives. And Many times they're not even Christians, the young men and young women I coach, but through living in a Christ-like way and coaching them in a way that shows them servant leadership and, and shows them selfless love, it just really opens up so many doors where they often will ask questions about my faith. Yep. And I actually, I'll make this very quick. but Years ago, I had a player when I was coaching in New Hampshire who injured his knee at the end of a game. I was walking off the field with he and his father and his father said, coach, what, what do we do about Matt's knee? I said, well, go home and ice it. We'll see the trainer in the morning. And uh, I said, we'll pray about it. And he looked at me, both of the, well, all three of us were walking off the field. And they looked at me, they said, we're not Christians, we're atheists. And me being a lot younger and a lot more naive, uh, <laughs> I just looked at him, I said, well, I'll pray for you. They didn't appreciate that one bit whatsoever. <laughs> uh, I did still pray for them. Uh, long story short, about two years after his son graduated, the father sent me an email, a very lengthy email saying, we always watched you from the stands. We'd watch you on the other side of the fence during practice. And there was just something about you. Where do you go to church? And he proceeded to say that he and his wife went through a nasty divorce. He felt like there was nothing else in his life worth fighting for and asked if he could join me at church one time. And he ended up getting baptized and, uh, we haven't kept in touch, unfortunately, in I should try to reach out to him or I will reach out to him. But I I I think being a Christian coach is an opportunity to change lives forever and not just win games.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I I've been taking notes here to, to have some follow-up questions, but you did talk about how most of the, the coaching has nothing to do with X's and O's. You know, Correct. we I tell the story, we have a volunteer coach who's been with us for four years now, and he worked in corporate America for 25 30 years and love tennis play college tennis but never you know coached before and he wanted to start college coaching and so he asked if we could be the volunteer coach because he loved tennis so much and I said well you know college coaching is 95 percent whatever else not tennis you know five percent of the job is tennis 95 percent has nothing to do with tennis and, and I keep reminding him, it's like, well, I got to take the girls to open a bank account. Got to go, you know, take them to Walmart. And yes. now there's problem with the family or with the boyfriend. And, and it's like, and, and he always reminds me, it's like, yep. 95%.
2: <laughs> and, and, and for me, it's that 95% that makes it all worth it. Yep. Because you helping the young woman that you coach open a bank account or, or learn to speak more fluently in, yep. in a whole new land yeah. is going to change their lives forever.
0: Yep. Yeah, it's yeah. true. It's true. But, and then you're talking about how you're, in, you're trying to send the same message as the parents, right? And then because they will listen to you. Do you have a system where you, you do interact with parents a lot more to know the background and know what the kid needs coming from, you know, the parent side?
2: Yes and no. You know, One of the biggest challenges I feel like I have as a high school coach is letting the parents take a back seat. Mm. And, and saying, D- don't be their coach anymore. Yeah. Don't be their advocate necessarily. And I know that's a, a scary thing for parents to hear. Yeah. But be their biggest fan. Enjoy watching them play. This is their chance. Yeah. Let them play. And when they have a question about playing time or whatever it may be, before you, and I ask parents, before you reach out to me, and my door is always open, I give them my cell phone number. But I say, before you reach out to me, encourage your students, your, your children rather, as I will, to come to me themselves. Yeah. Let's empower them to have those sometimes challenging conversations because that's the only way they're going to grow. Yeah. And I I think way too many parents with the best of intentions bubble wrap their kids. <laughs> they don't want them to get hurt, and they don't realize that what they're doing is they're really hurting their children. Yeah. Because it's you you mentioned with your 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 first child and your <laughs> you and your wife with your second. You know, so often we grow through facing adversity through, yep. not that your children were in adversity, but fa- facing sure. challenges and struggles. And I think we need to allow our, our student athletes, our children, the young men, young women we coach to fall and then help them and teach them how to rise, Yeah, you know, and, and teach them how to rise in a way that will not just help them, but bless those around them. Yeah.
0: Yeah. We, we've been very intentional in high school. There's no recruiting, but you know, and with us in the recruiting process being very intentional and in talking to the parents, and being very explicit in, you, we do not talk about playing time. If you think your daughter needs help, anything else, like if your daughter is struggling mentally, emotionally, yes, with academically, then please, you know, you, you have you can reach out. But if you're just gonna come here, call, you know, call to complain about playing time, then this is not the place. Because I'm not gonna go to your cubicle and complain about your spreadsheets. You know, right. no, nobody's gonna like that. And so, um, so we're very clear. And then. I think that opens the dialogue, you know, just to hear what the parents' needs are, you know, and what they, they feel like they need from the coach as well. And it's been great. We haven't had that many issues lately just because we're taking that extra step in over communicating,
2: you know? Yes, absolutely. And, and I'm a huge believer in that as well that, you know, you can never communicate too much. Yeah. You know, and I, I teach fourth grade full time um, at a private Christian school. And it's, it's the same with our fourth graders. Many high school students and many adults who are very, very well-educated and very intelligent didn't hear things the first time. Because like <laughs> all of us, we, we might sit in a meeting or in a class or, or a chalk talk, so, so to speak. Yeah. And we're in, it looks like we're engaged and we're looking at the board or we're looking at the speaker, but we just got into a fight with our wife or our girlfriend or yeah. our boyfriend or, or <laughs> we just got this bill that we weren't expecting and our, our heart or our mind is somewhere else. So that repeated communication is, is never yeah. a problem.
0: I think there, I, I read somewhere, there's a, a marketing thing that says you have to, people have to listen to your name or your brand seven times before they even acknowledge it and remember it, you know? Yes. Um, and so that's, yeah, that's, that goes to communication as well. Um, let's go back now to your young years. Tell us a little bit more about your uh, family life and, and how you got into sports.
2: Yeah, I was raised by two loving Christian parents uh, in Barrington, Rhode Island, the smallest state in the United States. Uh, and I, I think like a lot of children, I went to church because I had to, you know, growing up it's starting off as a, as a toddler, you just go, cause you don't yeah. know any better. Yeah. <laughs> when I became a, you know, adolescent, you know, teenager, it was, Hey, if you want to go out this weekend, you need to come to church with us on Sunday. Um, mm. And... Even with that being said, I always had a testimony of Christ. And I consider that such a tremendous blessing because through all my rebellion, and I, I went through some, or I put my parents through some really difficult years where I, I went down some roads that uh, led to a lot of arrests. You know, I, I would get into fight with police officers often, um, truthfully. And, and, were, and you, I,
0: were you a big guy back then?
2: Yeah, I, I was always a, a decent size. Um, but I, I, would, I would go with my friends and I would drink and I would get into fights and I, I would still, as I got older and older and older, just in the, my, my faith never left me. Right? I should say, you know, Christ never left me. Um, but then at one point there, there was an incident where I got arrested again and a police officer, uh, the police chief, chief, the following morning that I had been arrested, uh, called me into his office and said, hey, officer so-and-so, from the time you grew up in, told us about this fight. You beat up three of his police officers. And and he baited me perfectly because he said, you know, tell us about that. And I was being humble, but I was really just pretending to be humble because I, yeah. I was still bragging about it with my friends. It was a cool fight and all that nonsense. And when I started to talk about it, he said, no, no, t- tell me really what happened. He said, you really beat up his players. So I naively, I thought, hey, he wants to hear about the, the gritty details. Yeah. So I, I described what happened and mid conversation, he slammed his fist on the desk and he said, do you know how many good people I know that are in jail for the rest of their lives? Cause they thought it was funny. And it, that for me, that was a huge wake up call. Like, what am I doing with my life? Um, so much like you, I, I'd gone to college and, and shortly after college at 22 years of age, my wife and I got married. And right then I was like, I got to quit drinking and I quit drinking completely because I didn't, it wasn't funny, you know, in high school and college fighting and putting other people in, in pain and putting my parents through misery was never funny. Although I thought it was <laughs> when I got married, I thought, you know, I don't ever want to have my wife and I could, I, God put it on my heart in my mind of me walking downstairs one day, well before we even had children. And I could envision my wife sitting my children down and apologizing on my behalf saying dad didn't know what he was doing, he was drinking. And I was like, oh my gosh, I, I refuse to be that father. I refuse yeah. to be that husband. So I quit drinking and by the grace of God, matured a lot and my, my testimony grew exponentially. Um, and, and, and I think all those hard times I went through and all those trials I faced have helped me as a coach because when I have a, a young man on my team or a young woman, um, that is a troubled child or, or someone that's disrespectful. You know, um, I had read something a while ago and this isn't my own, but it said, remember, and this was in regards to teaching, he said, they're not giving you a hard time. They're having a hard time. Yeah. And that was a yeah. paradigm shift for me. You know, it, And that was for me. I, 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 my life was great, but I was just choosing to do a lot of stupid things. So when I sit down with a, a student athlete now, that's having a hard time in the classroom or, with their behavior or character, whatever it is, much like you with your, your international students, yeah. you can say, hey, I've been there. Yeah, I know how it feels to leave everything you, that's comfortable to you. I can look at them and say, listen, I was that kid that everyone liked, but no one thought I was going anywhere. I was that I was that was child that put his parents through so many sleepless nights and terrible nights. And if you want it bad enough and you truly desire to change, you can change. And I think that, that gives a lot of comfort to people.
0: Yeah. Did you have someone in your life in that moment, you know, 20, early 20s that, that showed you like, hey, man, this is not the way you should be living. You need, to, you need to go this way or does it just come from, you know, a realization
2: from God? I love that question because for me, it wasn't, I've been asked often who, who are my favorite coaches or role models. And I was blessed to have great adults in my life from family members to coaches But there wasn't one that stood out. It really was the realization from God of, you know, just this is what I've given you. I have created you for a reason. You know, and my mother would always say, you know, whenever we would see someone that was a homeless person, we would drive by or a person that had been injured in an accident. She would always just say, and I don't even think she intentionally meant for us to hear it. But I remember her talking to family members or friends and saying, there but for the grace of God. And, and I, I do, I I look at people's lives now and I, I teach elementary school and I coach high school football. <laughs> I don't make a lot of money, but I really do think I'm one of the richest people I know. It's just, it's my life is, I'm blessed. You know, I I have an amazing family. I'm blessed to teach and coach uh, subjects in a class and, and sports I love. And uh yeah. Yeah, yeah
0: you, you can see it and hopefully people will watch this video too, but you can see as you're speaking, you know, that you do, you, you do have that passion for your, for your kids, for, for the, the students and the players that you have. Um, what, what is one message that you want your elementary school kids or, and, or your high school athletes to know? What is one central message that you want them to know once they
2: leave your care? That they're loved but I, I, I tell every student in my fourth grade class and every player after workouts or practices or games that I love them. And I had a father stop me one time. He's actually the senior pastor of where I, uh, my wife and I go to church. His son was brand new to our program this year. And he got in his father's truck and was getting ready to leave. And I said, love you, Hudson. And his father li- literally was already in drive, stopped the truck and said, coach Hines, what did you just say? And I knew he he didn't have, I knew he didn't have a problem with it. Yeah. But but he said, I've never heard a coach say that to my son before. And i had said to him, I said, pastor, I said, you know, better than I do. I said, but for some of these young men and young women, they may not hear that from anyone else in their lives. Yeah. No. And and sometimes I I think, you know, there are a lot of people, in my opinion, that go to church with the best of intentions, but some of them are, a lot of them are still struggling in their own walk with Christ. And a lot of them not intentionally trying to just de- dis- mislead anyone but they dress the part they wear yeah. the suit and tie they wear the pretty dress they look nice they know how to they- act yeah and and they act a certain way but they go home and behind closed doors there there's life just like yeah. all of us whether you're a believer or not people have anxiety and depression and bills and whatever so I, I to go back to your original question I want those. And I'm blessed to teach and coach to know that as much as I love the game I coach, I love the people more.
0: Yeah. And why think, why do you
2: go ahead. Go ahead. But I was just gonna say that that they can always reach out to me yeah. well after their playing days are over.
0: Yeah. I think that's one of the my happiest moments is when former athletes reach out and share just good news or or share prayer requests or yes. you know that. They're like, well, oh, I remember, you know, they, they had an impact in my life. They they need to know about this, you know. Yes. Um, I'm getting now to the age where most of most of my players are getting married and, and having kids. And I love getting those invites, you know, yes. because that means that 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 I meant something to them, you know, that I made an impact that was positive. Um why do you think sports is so crucial to teaching young kids about character and
2: life? For me, I, it comes down to as, as an educator, I have a captive audience. And what I mean by that is the students in my class have got to go to school <laughs> by law in the United States. You know, it might be a charter school, private school, with a public school, maybe homeschooling, but they have to have some sort of formal education. Yeah, They don't have to play football or tennis or basketball or baseball or softball. And, and the majority of the young men and I, I keep on saying young women. I've been blessed yeah. over the 23 years I've coached high school football to have four young women on our football team. We have one now and she's a stud. She's an amazing, amazing athlete, amazing kid.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, but most, most of those that were blessed to coach choose to play that sport. You know, so they already come into that situation with a little bit of a different mindset as opposed to, hey, I have to punch a clock and come yeah. here, I've got to be at class. They get to be here. Um, and I, I tell them all the time I uh, and I tell our coaches we never use conditioning never as a punishment you know and I said first of all that's like telling a, a fourth grader in my class hey you're not behaving you need to go sit and read that mm-hmm. message says that reading's <laughs> a punishment <laughs> you know, and I don't want them to ever look at, at working out or yeah. running as a punishment we work yeah. out and we sprint so we become better athletes so if I have a student uh, student athlete in my team that's that's just not listening to a coach. They're not doing what they should be doing. First thing I'll do is I'll pull them aside and talk to them. And I had a coach this year. He's a great young coach. He was first year coaching who started snapping at a player. He wasn't saying anything inappropriate, but he was really, really mad. He didn't know that the player's parents just got divorced. He didn't know that the player has always had a a short fuse and is on the verge (laughs) of just, just tearing down and, and breaking down. So to, to save face for the coach, I said, hey, coach, I got this this time. Don't worry about it. And I pulled the player aside. Yeah. And uh, I said, hey, will you stay 10 minutes after practice to talk to me? I want to make sure he would. And he said, yes. I said, if not, I'm going to ask you to leave. Yeah. So I, I wasn't, you know. And then the coach afterwards, I said, hey, let me pull you aside and tell you why we're not going to snap at him, why we're not going to do that. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, it's all part of it, you know, coaching our players and coaching our coaches to realize that, the platform we have been blessed with is one that goes well beyond the game we coach.
0: Yeah. How, how do you incorporate faith with your coaching philosophy and all of the stops that, that you've had in your career?
2: I, I'd like to think I do it in everything I do. I, I pray. My wife and I are blessed. to. We just came off a great vacation with some of our best friends. And when uh, you live in San Diego, where do you vacation? <laughs> we, we, went to, we went to Kauai. It, it's, fun, it's funny you should say that because my wife and I recently, we moved out to San Diego six years ago from New Hampshire, where it, it would be ice cold, snowing six yes. months of the year. Yeah. Um, so it's right. I felt, I felt like we were leaving paradise to go to paradise. <laughs> um, but I was talking to, to two of the other couples who are our age, a little bit older than my wife and I. And the subject, we talked about everything. Um, very funny conversations tear-filled conversations it was just the best time and i talked about I said when you know when you and so-and-so pray and both couples looked at me and they said well we don't pray together every day and i was shocked by that and, and i said it's not better or worse i said but my, i said jill and i far for as far back as we, for over 27 years now we've been married we pray every morning and every night and I pray in between, just, and it's not because I'm such a Christian, it's because I need to. Yeah. For, that's where my peace, that's where my strength comes from. Um, so I, I pray for my players all the time. And whenever a player is struggling, I will, whether the parents are in the room, which I prefer or not, ask them. And I always say, because I, I coach at a public school, yeah. I say, hey, I might lose my job for this someday, but I'm willing to do that. And I'll say, let me ask you a personal question. Do you believe in Christ? And when they do, then I'll say, hey, do you mind if we pray? And I've never had someone saying that they mind that we pray. I've had a good number of families when I say, do you believe in Christ? They say, no, we don't. And then I just very nicely just change the conversation a little bit and go a different avenue. But every time I've asked that, they have paused and said, well, wait, coach, what would you have said if we said yes? Yeah. And I, I always just say, well, I would ask if you would be willing to pray. And about 30, not half, but about 30 so percent of them will say, you can pray if you want to. Yeah. So so, I, I think it's that. And, and another one of my favorite quotes is, and I don't remember where I read this, but it said, "Always preach the gospel, and when necessary, use words." Yeah, I think I, um, Saint Augustine maybe I, said that. Yeah, I believe I, I believe you're that, right. Yeah, yeah. And and I, and I love that because it's important. Our, our words matter. You know, yeah. we, we we should be talking about our faith and we should be talking about Christ and and all that He has done for us. But at the same time, our our actions, you know. It's, it, it's like the saying, our actions speak so loudly you can barely yeah. hear what we're saying. <laughs> our players need to see us in the good times and in the struggles, in the wins and the losses, living a Christ-like way.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It it has
2: there has to be a mix there of vulnerability
0: and, and to to cause I, when I started coaching, I was very young and so I was almost the age of the girls that I was coaching. And I always wanted to put that facade of I am tough like because you need to respect me I'm, I know I'm only one year older than you but I'm your coach you know right um and later now as I get older and the this the age difference is bigger I'm, uh, I've I've learned that it's so important to be vulnerable and show like hey yes. I do go through the same struggles like I know your family's struggling yeah my family's struggling too you know and and teach and show them how to handle those situations right you can't just say my family sucks uh my life sucks and this is it you know it's yeah no i'm going through a terrible time and but i have faith in christ who who gives me hope and joy and you know even though it's a terrible season of life it still still doesn't define who i am you know yes Um, yes and so
2: and, and i think there's so especially and i'm not sure um my wife and i I'm saying this to the wrong person right now because I shouldn't be telling you this, but my wife and I play tennis sometimes, but I, I use that word play very, very freely. because we the same, are way, the same way I say I play golf. There you go, yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I guarantee you, you're a better golfer than I am a tennis player. Um, but I, especially, in the, I'm not sure about the world of tennis, but especially in the world of football, and I love it. But there's so many of those, and I, I love everything about the sport, but it, it's overpopulated with Neanderthal, stereotypical dumb jock. I'm tough. Look at me. I don't show emotion. Yeah. Yeah. And that's such a disservice once again, to those we're coaching, because if if they do respect us, they look at us as someone that's not shaken, someone that doesn't have struggles, someone that doesn't break down. And to your point, I think there's so much power in vulnerability. Um, My wife, not my wife, our youngest daughter, uh, just mid season, we were blessed to have a, a very short five game season through COVID. Um, this past spring and got a call from my wife, wife one day at work. And she said, "Sophie's in the emergency room, we don't know what's happening. The doctor, said she had a stroke. Now fast forward, they think with was some medication she was taking, she didn't have a stroke, she's fine. Mm-hmm. But I was driving to work or driving to practice after work, just praying and bawling in my truck and got to practice. And it was on my heart so much. I pulled the team over after they stretched it. I told them what happened and they all looked at me and they said, coach, why are you here? Like, why are you here right now? <laughs> And I said, guys, let me tell you, I said, this isn't football matters that much to me because as much as it does, my family comes first. Yeah. I said, but because of COVID, I can't go to the hospital with her right now.
0: Yeah.
2: Me sitting outside of the hospital or going to my house isn't going to serve or bless anyone. And I would asked them, I said, so I'm going to ask you guys, I said, if you believe in God to say a prayer on your own, you know, because I couldn't pray with the team. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I said, I'm going to try, try to practice what I preach. In the next two hours that we're here or so, I'm going to be where my feet are. And I'm going to pour into you guys and try to be a blessing to you guys and go home and take care of things. So I, I do, I, I think that vulnerability allows them not only to, to find the strength there, there and then, but as you mentioned, years later down the road, hopefully not, not hopefully when they go through their own struggles, but when they do go through their own struggles, yeah. hopefully they'll feel comfortable enough to, Hey, say, Hey coach broke down or coach showed his, his vulnerabilities to me. I wonder if he'd be willing to listen to me, or I know he'll be willing to listen to me. And, yeah help me out
0: true true well coach heinz thank you so much for coming on this has been such a great conversation i really enjoyed thank it you.
2: how can we be praying for you you know just uh my wife just recently got a new job uh she's working at a uh, covenant living it's a, it's a faith-based retirement community center okay. and uh she's doing very well there but kind of has a hard time staying focused and uh hasn't been told that by her bosses she's doing great but just for my wife to uh, to have more clarity and, and, and focus in her day um, and uh, j- just that God will continue to work in me so I can be a blessing to others. Sounds
0: good. All right, let's pray. Please. Dear Jesus, thank you so much for, for this day. Thank you for this great conversation with Coach Hines. Thank you for his faithfulness through the ups and downs of his life and career. Um, Lord, we pray for Mrs. Hines, that she as she starts this new job, Lord, that you give her clarity of mind, that you give her focus that comes from continually seeking you, Lord, and and knowing her why and the purpose of why she's doing what she's doing, Lord, that you'll be um, a guide to her in these moments and and that she'll be able to perform a great, great task and do a great job in in the new position that she has. And uh, Lord, I pray for Coach Hines and that you continue to to be in the center of his life, Lord, that he'll look at you, look for you, Lord, every day, um, every moment of his day, so that he He knows that he's, he's inside your will for his life, Lord. Thank you again for this conversation and allow us to continue to make an impact in the lives of the people that we come in contact with. In your name I pray.
1: Amen. 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 I love that interview. Coach Hines, we're, we're so thankful that he came on and, and shared so much of his wisdom and, and experiences. Um, there's so much, so many takeaways from this one for for me. Um, but one thing I really like just thinking about him being at the public school, uh, being bold to, to bring his faith into the office room and, and asking players and families, you know, do you believe in Christ? And, and bringing prayer into it. And you heard. That story of how just asking that one question impacted that one atheist family years down the road. So we never know these seeds that we're planting. But uh, I appreciate Coach Hines his boldness to to bring that into his office.
0: Yeah, yeah, Chad. There, there are so many good one-liners as well um, with Coach Hines talking about. Sometimes we we look at a player who is giving us a hard time when, in fact, the kid himself or herself is having a hard time. You know, and we have to be looking at those cues that. You know, we spend so much time with our players, we can tell when something is off, and and we have to be willing to to engage and find out what's going on. Um, and then I want to correct myself, Chad. I said the the quote of um, preach the gospel and when necessary, um, use words. I said it was Saint Augustine, but that was a, actually Francis of Assisi. Um, still doesn't change the you know the power of that message. Um, but I also liked the. The different side you know of parent involvement as well i think he had a good balance in there of allowing the, the parents to to communicate with him but as but in instead all, all at the same time in giving the parents the idea to empower their own students to come speak with him about playing time and all those things and i talk about that in my book as well chad uh, you know being open during the recruiting process and with high school students it's in a first team meeting or a first parent conference um being very proactive in the communication of what you expect parents um to do if they want to be a part of your program um yeah. and then and yeah go ahead um and then the the last thing i liked was also when i asked him the difference between being a teacher and being a a, a coach he co- he teaches fourth grade class chad and if you sign up um for our patreon group on the on the community you'll get to watch and you get to see he's a big man like he's a big dude and i can't imagine i can't see him teaching fourth grade class you know um but he you can tell that you know and he's talked about being a teacher and how students are forced kind of to be there they're legally you know supposed to be in class but to play a sport they are choosing in most cases um and so they you know a coach can have a real impact because the, the the student is choosing to be near you choose you know choosing to to be coached by you when a math teacher walks in, he's kind of forced to be there.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking through just he used the word empower just a few times. And I really like that. And um, he used the words bubble wrapping our kids, you know, and um, just that thought where for us at college, as college coaches, we see these 18 year olds, like they've been bubble wrapped their whole life. And I know for you and me, Gian, our kids are still young. My oldest is seven, and yours is probably about four. And so it's like, right now they're not ready to be handed a car or, or these big time responsibilities, right? But slowly from, from elementary school to junior high to high school, we have to let them let them fail some, let them make a few mistakes, um, give them chances to, to approach a coach or a teacher on their own um and so i think that that struck me too as as we've been bubble wrapping our kids a little bit as they're young and we know we need to start giving them some rope and and leeway so they can be empowered to go out as 18 year olds and, and thrive in the real world
0: yeah that's true and coach um my extra question for coach hines was in his interview he talked about praying with his wife on a regular basis and we we went into a little bit more depth into why he does it and and the value that he gets out of it um and the importance of that routine with his family. Um, and so, if you want to, if you want to hear that answer, that conversation a little longer. If you want to get some free—well, not free—but if you want to get weekly devotionals, um, it's you know for the price of two cups of coffee a month. Chad, you can, you know, they can have more access to more, more um, engagement with Christian coaches um, and and more more things that will build them up as Christian coaches. I'll leave the link down in the in the description. Um, But coach, remember, empower your students and never forget that the mission field is right where you're at.